What a weekend for Barrier sports fans, huh? Sounds like Sharks lose two games in a row, yet somehow are able to maintain their standings in the Pacific Division. <laughs> Lucky us in Sharks territory, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, Saturday night against the Panthers, followed by a Sunday evening game against the Carolina Hurricanes. Sharks lost both. They were only able to gain one point out of the two contests, so it's better than nothing. But, um, yeah. One more game remaining in this four-game uh, road trip. The Sharks are 1-1-1. One, one, and one. That is one win against the Capitals in Washington. One loss against the Carolina Hurricanes and one overtime loss against Joe Thornton's Panthers. Um, I misspoken. At this point in time, Calgary Flames have effectively taken the fourth spot. They're at 48 points. Sharks are in a two-way tie with the Oilers. Ain't that something? Vander Kane and the Oilers. And we're about to meet them very soon. Very soon. Sharks are playing their last game against the Tampa Bay Lightning before the NHL All-Star break. A very much needed break for a team whose defensive line is depleting <laughs> as each game goes along. It seems like we're losing another person on defense. Uh, most recently, following the Eric Carlson injury, was Mario Ferraro. He took a puck to the face that sent him to get a brand new smile. However, he shall be um, missing the remaining of the road trip. Don't expect him back until after uh, the All-Star break, which would make sense. Um, given that the Sharks already have dropped a game to the Tampa Bay Lightning, their last game before this road trip at the Shark Tank, 7-1. to one. Uh, We could definitely use him in a lineup, but at the same token, might as well have him heal up and rest up and have him at 100% after the break, then have to, you know, put him into a situation where, um, you know, hopefully the outcome isn't the same as it was, but this will be the second matchup within 10 days. So when they drop the opening puck on the faceoff against the Lightning, the Sharks would have been 10 days their second time playing these guys. Um, so, you know, the only thing I could hope for in this upcoming game is that the San Jose Sharks are able to get a victory and finish strong, earn um, three out of the potential eight points that are up for grabs in this road trip. Everyone's been everyone's been saying, you know, um, they look they look really well. Um, you know, they didn't look too great against Lightning, but they rebounded. They answered back against the Washington Caps. And etc. But if you look at it, history be told, doesn't matter how well or how great that Caps team is, Sharks traditionally or historically win in Capital One Arena in the nation's capital. So I uh, believe I mentioned this previous podcast, but the Sharks are 14 3 and 1 all time when playing in DC. So you know, whether or not it's the Sharks looked really well and they rebounded and did good or just, you know, traditionally or historically, the Caps just can't find a way to um, outswim the Sharks in their 
own um, their own pond there, their own barn. Uh, either way, uh, let's let's fast forward to the past um, two games over the weekend. So it was the first time since 2003 that Joe Thornton faced the Sounds at Sharks. That was very interesting. Um, everyone remembers earlier this season that Joe Thornton kind of posed with um, with Joe Pavelski pregame for a pick, and it kind of becoming a, a thing around the league. Uh, Joe Pavelski and Joe Thornton reuniting on the ice with two different squads. Uh, it's amazing too to think of it, right? Like Pavelski and Thornton haven't been in on the same you know roster with the Sharks for years now, but because of everything that has gone down with the pandemic, you know, this is the first time we are playing against Joe Thornton and, you know, first times for everyone else who may have been in the roster at that time meeting up. Uh, and for this example, being Pavelski and Joe Thornton. Anyway, so uh, it was pretty nice. I, I didn't really, so for me, you know, the whole Joe Thornton thing, um, I kind of, you know, the whole like him departing from San Jose and being on other squads, that that already it was kind of like with Patty Marlowe. You know what I'm saying? Um, once he was already on Toronto, it was kind of like all right, it is what it is. Um, obviously, the Sharks had no opportunity to play Joe Thornton because of the whole um, division realignment for these um, the 56 game season that was 2021. Um, I believe it was the Honda West division that the Sharks played in for that time. And pretty much what that did is it just made us play the same divisional opponents uh, for the whole entire season. And we never got a chance to, you know, see Toronto. And, um, you know, he stood there for that year. And then he signed with the Panthers. And, you know, by the grace of, um, you know, with all the blessings we were able to have, this season be 82 games, uh, go across the Canadian and American border. And, um, you know, everything has been going pretty good with the exception of the hundred games that were canceled due to protocols. Um, I would say that overall the league has been successful, especially considering, um, you know, all the moving parts and everything. Um, the sharks obviously been impacted by, uh, these protocols probably, one of like you know the most if not the most affected team by this even when they um even though some games got canceled for some clubs like we had to ride through that we had the sharks slash barracuda at one point at the beginning of the season and um so yeah so you know it was nice to see joe thornton is what i'm trying to get at uh, that was the first time he played us since 2003 uh, joe thornton the florida panthers beat the sounds of sharks saturday uh, evening five to four in overtime and it was, you know, I'm going to just say this straight up. It was exciting to see the Sharks work, but extremely disappointing to see them fall. Um, Tomas Hurdle scored his 22nd goal this season, which was sweet. You know, having Tomas Hurdle getting the Sharks rolling, especially against the legend that is Joe Thornton. And it was pretty cool because even though Thornton is no longer a center and he's a winger for the Panthers, and he's only, you know, he's not playing a full season. He's playing some games, healthy scratch, couple of games off, back in the lineup. He's like a fourth line winger for them. But it was really dope to see um, him be a centerman 
in the opening lineup against the Sharks in Florida. So that was pretty nice. Um, so, yeah, uh, Tomas Hurdle, he's, he opened up a scoring for the Sharks. And, um, you know, Tomas Hurdle being the top-line center for us. And, um, you know, that was 1-0. Then Jonathan Dolan. It was nice to see Jonathan Dolan uh, get back on the scoreboard. He had quite the slump. Uh, he broke that streak, that scoreless streak, uh, the game prior. And then um, he actually scored another goal in the third period. So he had three goals in two games. Um, the two games being against the Caps and the Panthers. And then, you know, Matt Nieto woke up as well in the second period. Long Beach native Matt Nieto got his fourth of the season. So the Sharks looks like they were, you know, cruising toward a victory. And then <laughs> uh, three straight goals, including the overtime winner. So um, what was the this? I believe it was like maybe a couple of minutes apart. It felt like just a couple of minutes apart between the... the um, the game, um, the two goals to tie up the game for Florida. And then um, Brent Burns turns it over in overtime. And essentially, time possession belonged to Florida. By then, we never really recovered the puck. And they scored within, like, just a little bit over a minute into the overtime. And, um, you know, they get the victory 5-4. to four. Um, Probably another game that may have slipped away from the Sharks. It depends on how, you know, you grade their performance was... The next game, less than 24 hours later, the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, they are now on a two-game winning streak as they head into the All-Star break. And I believe, I could be mistaken here, but they were also playing a back-to-back. -back. I got to check my facts on that. But um, nonetheless, they get the victory 2-1. to one. They started the uh, the game early with less than, like, within five minutes of the game. Um, they, they scored the, the goal, and that held up until, like, the third period. Uh, Rudolph's bossers tied the game up. Uh, Sharks seemed to, you know, have some hope, but then maybe about like less than 15 minutes, which which means, you know, with less than four minutes to go in the in regulation time, um, the Carolina Hurricanes found a way to uh, get one past Reimer, who deserves all the praise in the world, even though they lost. Uh, even both games, um, you know, he's he made over like forty something saves, if I'm not mistaken, um, against the um, the Panthers. And um, you know, he allowed only two goals. So for the the Hurricanes, he had you know a, a .931 save percentage on on a game that they lost um, with the. Um, the Florida Panthers, he faced 50 shots. 50 shots. I mean, goodness gracious, man. The guy has played back-to-back -back games. Uh, he didn't get a full 120. Uh, almost a full 120 um, time on the ice. But, yeah, I mean... Did he get the full 120? No, I think he got like a hundred and like 29 in like 40 something seconds. Someone do the math. But nonetheless, uh, he almost faced 30 shots. So, I mean, we'll give him the extra shot, right? But 79 shots in two nights in less than 24 hours, almost 120 minutes of hockey. 
So James Reimer, without a doubt, has been the undisputed like um, starter, in my opinion. Aiden Hill, I mean, we should say this for a little bit later, but uh, might as well get into it now. Let's wrap up the um, really quick, the final score. So the Canes beat the Sharks 2-1 to one on Sunday, and previously before that, Joe Thornton and the, um, the Panthers beat... The Sharks uh, in overtime, five to four. Now let's talk about the goaltending really quick. So James Reimer, these last two games, for me, that is like that's it, like the end of the argument. Whether or not Aiden Hill or Reimer, or if there's um, any kind of like goalie competition, I'm thinking like nah, it's settled. Aiden Hill was we acquired Aiden Hill for a second round pick. We Sent them at other potential like um, goaltender who has, you know, n- no disrespect to Yoshev Koshinov, but right now, you know, Aiden Hill obviously has the starting goalie potential. Uh, Koshinov would be the depth goalie, the minor league starter, if you will. But I also see that there's potential for him to have, you know, a pretty solid NHL career. Only time will tell. But the point I'm trying to get at is this is that we traded a goaltender who could have been, who could essentially have kept the backup role could have you know maintained the backup role or even you know do like rotations with like Sancheco for example but um I digress Aiden Hill and a, we sent a second round pick for him and a goaltender they compensated us with a seventh round in Hill but essentially when you're giving up such a high value draft pick you figure that this is going to be the guy who the franchise is going to lean on. Not only has Aiden Hill been outperformed by James Reimer, but it seems like he cannot find a way to stay healthy. So that's what's concerning to me. What's concerning to me isn't that, you know, like, oh, well, that Aiden Hill isn't winning the uh, the, the goaltender battle because you'd figure Reimer is that veteran over 400 career games in the National Hockey League, he's obviously the better. Um, he's obviously has the better performance this season. But you would think, you would think that you know, with sending the second round pick, the younger 25 year old Aiden Hill, uh, that you know the, he would be at least groomed for that starting role. Well, he's only played 24 games this season. Which I'm okay. He's he started 21 games this season. Which sounds pretty solid when you think about it, right? Like the Sharks, as of right now, um, again, they are currently in like a fifth place tie with the Edmonton Oilers. And um, if, obviously, if you know, if the playoffs are beginning today, the Sharks going to make it. But nonetheless, uh, with the 47 points that they've earned, in the um, 45 games that they've played, Aiden Hill has been the starter for 24 of those. So he's took on a, um, you know, the majority of of you know the workload this season. However, he just hasn't been healthy consistently. And then on the other, the flip side of that. Um, so he's played 24 games. He's had 21 starts. 
So obviously three of those contests, he probably subbed in for you know a rhymer who may have not been performing up to par. But nonetheless, 21 games. Um, so okay, we say he kind of split the workload. Not majority of it at that point, right? But nine wins, 11 losses. Okay. Now he has a solid, solid save percentage. Okay, he has just uh, below 2.8 goals against average per game. Uh, save percentage just above uh, 900, like nine 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 oh one. So you know, statistically speaking, he's sound. But just based off of you know the fact that you know Reimer having to st- go back to back games literally not like okay he played today and then he played two days from from now it was like he went Saturday and Sunday 120 minutes or almost 120 minutes in 24 hours that to me is like it, the tall it tells two stories number one Aiden Hill obviously isn't available because he's not healthy number two. Uh, you know, James Reimer is, he's the undisputed starting goaltending. Like, this weekend does it for me. Okay, he, sp- he faced almost 80 shots. Maintained above 900 save percentage in all of the, uh, in, in both of those games. You know, he had a solid uh, 9.970 against the Caps. So, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, like, hey, this is the guy now. Like, let's stop messing around. Um, you know, let's let's just call it what it is. Uh, so, for those of you who want to know, um, since he's injur- uh, Aiden Hill's injury, if you're not aware, um, his last game he played was on January 20th. And um, he is not skating because of a lower body injury. Okay. And, hey, Reimer has also been out as well, so I'm not just going to put this all on Hill. You know, but as they say, it rolls, you know, it rolls downhill, right, literally. That's just the way it's been with Aiden this season, in my opinion. It's either an uphill battle or it's a roll downhill, if you get my gist of what I'm trying to say here. So, I'm going to move on, but all I'm trying to get at is I'm beginning to wonder if the, you know, if the second-round pick, you know, is was worth the berry considering the juice that we're getting out of it, right? But we'll see. Uh, Aiden Hill may be, you know, without a doubt, the undisputed starter next season. Only time would tell. I personally don't believe he's the answer to the franchise, but um, you know, we sharks have more problems than just uh, goaltending right now, and um, that leads us into uh, the next segment, which is. You know, the All-Star break is coming up, right? So some quick things you got to know. The NHL is changing its uh, protocols for players who are fully vaccinated now. And um, that, that that protocol actually um, it, it's more relaxed. So essentially what's going to happen is they're removing daily testing for players who are fully vaccinated uh, in light of the uh, positive cases going down. And um, this is all going to go through right before the February uh, 5th All-Star game. So, um, or it goes into effect for each team on their last game before February 5th. But February 5th is the deadline, so we'll just report it that way. Speaking of changes, 
also changing in San Jose specifically for Sharks games on February 4th. Updates to health and safety protocols at the Shark Tank will go into effect. Uh, these updates are following city, uh, you know, the updates to city mandating for the public venues and large events, indoor events. Uh, essentially, uh, whether you're fully vaccinated or you're boosted or you're partially or you have an exemption or if you're unvaccinated in general, uh, it sounds like sharks are going to start accepting um, negative tests as a means of admission into the shark tank. So with a lot of the fans, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, has been a, a tough weekend for various sports. You're going to have a lot of fans who are going to start becoming full-time hockey fans now that some of the uh, other uh, sports league seasons ended for some of the teams here in the Bay Area. <laughs> it might be too soon for some of you, but hey, it is what it is. So I expect to see, um, I expect to see the uh, seats. I expect to see the Shark Tank uh, at capacity. Is what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm saying? Um, obviously, you know, there's still all these other external factors, or you know, all these things that could, you know, come into effect the um, the turnout at the tank. But I'm thinking with uh, the Sharks potentially making a run for the wild card spot and then Vander Kane coming back within the next couple of weeks. Edmonton and Oilers are battling to stay in contention. The Edmonton Oilers, pardon me, and the Sound of the Sharks are battling to stay in contention for a wild card spot, for a playoff spot. I'm thinking that it's going to make for some interesting hockey. I could see a big turnout for the Evander Kane game. Um, I mean, hey, he played one game with Edmonton, and he already scored a goal with them. His first game back, his first NHL game of the season, he already scored a goal. So, you know, for those of you, no matter how you feel about whatever um, off-ice, off-season um, noise was made, the guy is a premier hockey player. He is a top power forward a top scorer, and he's already showing it with the Oilers. So I am definitely interested in seeing that go down at the tank, and I just might have to get a ticket to that game. I'm not too sure. Um, so, yeah, it was, you know, the next couple of games for the Sharks are going to be, um, you know, they're going to be like, I don't think they could afford to like slip any further in the standings is what I'm trying to get at. Um, so the Sharks have the Tampa Bay Lightning to wrap up their road trip. It's also going to wrap up the um, the um, the season for the Sharks before the All-Star break. So February 1st, they get 13 days in between their road game and then when they return to home. Where they'll have, well, I mean, honestly, if you look at the schedule, nine games out of the next nine games. You know what? Let's just, from February 14th, going down all the way until like March 20th.
The Sharks are at home for all but four games. All right, so I'm just going to start throwing out the names here. Keep if you can. If not, look at the schedule. But um, here we go, okay? So February 14th, Valentine's Day. Evander Kane is coming back to the Shark Tank. We'll see if they do a video tribute. <laughs> That's going to be so interesting. So February 14th is when the Sharks uh, return to action following the Lightning game. Um, and then they, so they host the Oilers. Three days later, they host the Canucks. And then three days after that, they host the Knights. They go down south to SoCal to go play against the Ducks February 22nd. Return home two nights later to host the Islanders. Two nights after that, February 26th, it's the Bruins. Very next night on the 27th, it's the Kraken. That's the month of February. So the month of February, Sharks have... They have eight games, including... The contest against the Lightning to finish off the uh, road trip. That's on the first. But eight games in the month of February. And all but two of them are at home. The two that are on the road are in Anaheim and in Vegas. Well, pardon me. Vegas is actually um, March 1st. So in the eight games they have, one of them is on the road. Two of them on the road, excuse me. Lightning's one of them finishing off the road trip. Than the Ducks. I'm kind of not counting the Lightning. Because for me. Even though it's technically February 1st. This is closing off a four game road trip. From the end of this month in January. And it's right before the All-Star break. So I'm kind of counting after the break. You know. Almost two weeks off. And then the Sharks. They got to get on the roll. I mean they really got to string together some wins here. And if they can string together wins, especially when they're going to play majority of the games at the tank, you could be talking about, um, you know, shooting up the ranking of the, uh, uh, you know, um, boosting up through the rankings in the Pacific Division. So um, in March, for those of you who um, want to know what we got, uh, we have the Knights, the Preds, the Ducks, the Kings, twice, Panthers, we go face off. Uh, Joe Thornton finally returns to San Jose. So that's going to be an interesting game. Most likely we'll have a ticket to that one. Uh, March 15th, 7.30. Panthers in Florida. Uh, excuse me, the Florida Panthers are uh, facing the San Jose Sharks. Joe Thornton coming back to San Jose. Put down your calendars. Uh, then, you know, you have the Kings again. The Avs, the Coyotes, the Flames, and the Oilers. I mean, I could keep going on and naming and naming, but I'm just trying to give you what I feel is like these, the next, the next 10 games specifically, the month of February leading into March, but the next two months of hockey, you're talking about majority of these games being played at the tank. Sharks definitely need to take advantage of this. Man, I can't believe Joe Thornton's coming back on uh, March 15th. If, if you thought, you know, um, him leaving was a tearjerker, for me, it was seeing Drew Ramenda and um, Joe Thornton talk during the intermission. Uh, for me, that brought back to feels. Specifically because, for those of you who remember, um, it was Drew Ramenda along with Randy Hahn who 
were the ones to announce that blockbuster trade that seen the likes of Wayne Primo, Marco Sturm, and Brad Stewart find their way to Boston for Joe Thornton. I remember when I was super like, like, you know, when I was still a young lad and I kind of like, pardon the term, but like religiously played uh, NHL, EA Sports, NHL hockey. It's more of a casual thing now, right? But um, when I was young and I was like really into the video games and the franchise uh, mode, I would trade for Joe Thornton. Back on like NHL 2004, I would trade for Joe Thornton. So, um, I remember I was on board the USS Princeton, so I was out to sea and uh, I was taking a glance at Sports Center um, right before I was going to start my shift. And I seen it right there, you know, breaking news Joe Thornton being traded to San Jose. And man, even though I was like thousands and thousands of miles away selling the world from my hometown, from right here, San Jose, California, nothing made me feel closer to home than seeing that news. And, oh man, obviously for Sharks fans, it's been a dream ever since. So unfortunate that Joe Thornton wasn't able to raise a cup with us. And a lot of people are saying that his best chance to ever have uh, raised a cup is now with the Florida Panthers. So, you know, um, if the Sharks don't find their, themselves in the final dance and, you know, I'll, I'll be all, we'll be Team Joe Thornton here. We're Team Thornton, right? Um, but until then, I am hoping that the Sharks will find a way to, you know, get things together. Everyone get a little healthier. People not getting stuck in protocols. Um, you know, having to travel separately from the teams like our captain did. And, you know, let's just hope that I hope that all these things just kind of iron out before, um, you know, the trade deadline, because we have some big contracts. We have some big contracts um, that and, you know, just a lot of things that need resolution in San Jose, in my opinion, when it comes to like, you know, the future, um, regardless whether you, you feel the Sharks are going to make the playoffs or if they do, will they go very far, or very deep? Um, you know, that's your, you know, that's your own, um, you know, that's your own opinion. And, you know, I, I respect it. Uh, but for me, it's like, are the Sharks going to keep the likes of Hurdle? Does Myers trade value go up? A lot of people are starting to wake up to that possibility now. Um, but for me, you know, another name that's in there that a lot of people are kind of like, um, haven't talked about often and it's probably because they've talked about him more in the lights of like oh um his personality is so um what's the word i'm looking for like you know he has you know he has like a, a captivated personality he does his own social media things he blocks so many shots it's mario monday literally um so yeah you know, a lot of people will be like this season talking about how he may be the next captain. Well, uh, depending on the cap space, um, and especially depending on the grievance with with um, Evander Kane and what kind of impact that has on salary cap, don't be surprised if Mario Ferraro 
will be one of those next uh, defensemen that leagues make, uh, you know, they, they try to request a trade for, like they try to make a move on because this is his contract year two. He's scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent in 2022-2023. And you have a lot of noise coming from San Jose saying, like, oh, he's the next captain, potential next captain. I don't know about all that. Maybe, you know, he's building a presence in the locker room. Sure. Being a leader on the ice, maybe. I mean, if playing minutes is what equates to being the leader on the ice, then, then by all means, he's right up there with Carlson and Burns, right? But in all honesty, him being able to play 20-plus minutes a, a, a night and being due for like a $5 million contract, like literally when thinking about it, like um, let me just – Double check the uh, value of what he's playing now. Uh, but, you know, regardless of what he's making now, the point I'm trying to get at is um, if teams, which I'm sure they are, are looking for a player who could put in the minutes, who is young, and, um, you know, their contract is going to be, you know, relatively like. You know, five million if you want to go long term, then yeah, Farrell's your guy. Uh, so this is his final season with three year contract, three point four one million contract. Um, you know, there's no reason why Hurdle or Ferraro can't be re-signed by the Sharks. I can see Ferraro sticking around. I'm still like on the fence with Hurdle. Not that I don't want the guy to stay in San Jose. Not that I don't have any faith in the front office wanting to retain him. There's just too many factors involved, man. It's like, I feel like the front office would would love nothing more than to keep Hurdle, but would be completely, um, it'd be completely foolish or even um, ill-advised to ignore any potential offer out there that could, uh, you know, make the club better in the long in the long run. Uh, just as much as I feel like Tomas Hurdle is not going to. Um, you know, commit himself to a team that may not even be contending for the cup for a few seasons to come. So, um, you know, once again, you know, I pray for nothing but the best when it comes to the sounds of sharks and I pray for nothing but, you know, success. Obviously I'm cup crazy. So I'm one of those where it's like, Hey, just get into the playoffs and you have a chance. Um, but yeah, I got to see, we haven't seen it yet. We haven't heard anything about contract talks. There's been, you know, some noise being made leading up to uh, the All-Star break. A lot of it's kind of quieted down lately. But, you know, trust me, in the next few weeks, that's what a lot of people are going to be talking about as the trade deadline approaches in March. And, uh, again, if the Sharks haven't offered him a contract now, then they are obviously waiting to see what they could, uh, like, you know, what teams are willing to compensate them for, Tomas Hurdle. Or, you know, hey, who knows? Maybe maybe Tomas Hurdle, maybe he is being given an offer, but he's not quite sure he wants to sign with us yet. He did make comments to his uh, you know, local media over there in his hometown that he's willing to take a pay cut for the right team. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting, interesting time here in Shark City when it comes to the hockey. 
Uh, so with that being said, I uh, appreciate you guys uh, for you know lending me your time. I am Aaron James. This is the Shark City Podcast. You could uh, catch all of our episodes on sharkcityhockey.com forward slash podcast. Uh, don't forget to follow our social media handles at Shark City Hockey on Twitter, Instagram, and check out our Facebook page, Shark City Hockey. Uh, you could catch some of our videos just uh, playing Twitch on our live broadcasts, our podcast, pardon me, uh, on Instagram, YouTube, our Facebook page, and our Twitch page. Everything can be found with the username Shark City Hockey. Uh, so this will probably be the last cast that we have. Maybe we'll touch, uh, you know, maybe we'll touch bases again prior to the All Star break. But it seems like with the All Star break, we'll probably take an opportunity to, you know, uh, catch up on some production sides of things. So once again, I'm Aaron James, and thank you for uh, you know joining us for Shark City Podcast. And uh, until next time, let's go Sharks. <laughs>